Energy healing works quite simply with the energy systems of our body. It has the goal of creating harmony between our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual selves. And as we talked about, it has a lot of foundations in Eastern culture and practices where we recognize energy as the life force that flows through absolutely everything. Welcome to Ritual by Sageborn, where we discuss daily practices for naturally vibrant skin and overall well-being. My guest today is Erin Chamberlain. Erin is a certified emotion and body code practitioner, as well as an ordained reverend through the Center for Sacred Studies in California. She has received teachings from many elders and mentors, the majority of whom are Indigenous women carrying the knowledge of their lineages forward. Erin found alternative wellness during a time when she was unwell herself, and it was through this discovery of energy healing that allowed her to create wellness for herself and thus help others. Today, we discuss the power of energy healing and what it can do for one's mental, physical, and spiritual self. Here's my conversation with Erin. Hey, Erin, how you doing? Hi, I'm so good. How are you? Oh, good. Good. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast episode. And I'm really excited to get to know you better and learn about energy healing and all of the great things that you can offer our community and beyond. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for, for being a part of this today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yay. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about, um, like, tell me a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Um, and, and, and just kind of a little bit about your background and what got you kind of on this journey into energy healing. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Helena, Montana, and I live in Bozeman currently. I'm a triplet. <laughs> That's always a fun fact to throw in there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. That shaped a lot of my upbringing and experience in life for sure. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes, I bet it did. <laughs> all girls. Um, and we all, we move around a lot, but, um, a couple of us are in Bozeman now together, which is awesome. Okay. Oh my goodness. I bet that was very interesting growing up. Yeah, definitely a dynamic. I mean, I don't know any different, obviously. <laughs> yes. But we're in such a fun space in life right now where we're all in such different phases of life. One of my sisters has two kids. I have a niece and a nephew that's so fun. And my other sister is getting her PhD right now. And I'm here doing my energy healing, starting my business. So it's, yeah, it's so fun to see how truly different our lives have become. <laughs> right. And the fact that you're like triplets and it's interesting how you all have these different paths, right? But yet yes. some commonality, obviously, but still very different. Definitely. Yeah. We've all been, um, we all came to MSU here in Bozeman for our undergraduate degrees. Okay. So studied architecture, which is what my, my formal education and career has been in for most of my life. Okay. <laughs> um, 
my master's in architecture. And I worked in that field for a really long time and I still love it. I think it'll always be a part of who I am. And it was really the first lens that I sort of experienced life through this world of design and creativity. And what I love about it is that there's always some sort of constraint in terms of like a budget or a timeline, you know, there's different site conditions. So it's like exercising creativity within constraints, which right. is a lot about what energy healing is too. So Yes. Oh my goodness. So did you, like when you were young, did design and architecture always kind of interest you or what made you decide to go on that path? Yeah. Um, I actually was one of those kids who truly never knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just lucked out with a high school drafting class. And um, I won't say it was the only thing that I was good at, but it was the thing that kind of clicked the most okay. and click that hard for me, but it was enough that I was like, okay, I'm going to go study architecture. Um, and I feel very fortunate that it's architecture really evolved with me as I learned, you know, it's far more about drafting, obviously, but that Mm -hmm. was sort of the the thing that got me into it in the first place. And as it evolved and I learned more about design and what it could do, my interest involved evolved as well. Um, so I ended up my master's thesis was sort of culminated in a study for the uh, Kibera slum in Nairobi. Oh, and I cool. a lot of my college summers traveling back and forth to different areas of Kenya and studying how to implement housing as a way to um, sort of raise uh, the poverty level, giving people something to be able to own and invest in and take ownership of and how housing could sort of um, mitigate some of the issues that are going on there with um, just the incredible amounts of of slums and really this inability to like get out of poverty, though people right. would rather be in the cities in that condition than um, in their rural villages, you know, with a subsistence farming. Um, anyway, it's a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> wow. No, that sounds like such an amazing experience. I mean, and, and how old were you at this time? Were you like 20, 21? Yeah, I was early twenties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. What an experience. I bet that was a really neat, neat, um, time in your life for sure. I think it really opened my eyes, you know, looking back, I was a pretty sheltered kid and my life in Helena, Montana was pretty quiet and uneventful. Yeah. Um, and really I've, I've engaged with travel abroad and especially in third world countries ever since then. And I find it to be so valuable in terms of perspective on our lives here in the United States. And really seeing how other people live culturally, um, religiously, spiritually, how that relates to the way they think about their mind, body, spirit, like our, their physical reality is so different than ours here in the West. Um, 
kind of got to be an anthropologist about that yeah. <laughs> while um, looking at how architecture could make a difference for their lives. And so I think that that also plays into energy healing and what started me on this path as well. Yeah. So did you, you were working in architecture and then did you at one point, I guess, did you feel like, okay, I need something more. I'm, I'm, I need to experience something. Were you going through anything at that time that made you decide, okay, I'm going to go down this other path with my life. Or I guess what made you then decide that you wanted to get into energy healing from there? Yeah. So I was living in Denver after I graduated from college and working at a really big sports architecture firm and sort of living the intern life dream. Um, When you graduate with architecture, you have to still complete about three years of intern development hours in order to get your, um, like before you can start taking your test to get licensed. Okay. And I, for me personally, my first experience with really consciously connecting to my own energy was at this time in my life where I was in Denver. And I think like many of us in the health and wellness industry, I was super sick and unwell myself. And then that's what led me into health and wellness and then eventually wanting to serve other people that way. But um, yeah, it was in my mid to late twenties and I was super sick. I was in and out of doctor's offices. I even had my gallbladder removed at one point because I thought there was a chance that that may have been causing my health concerns. Okay. I just continued. And so I was told from a very Western medical perspective that there was nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just out of frustration that I took a hard look at the way I was living my life and decided that if what I was doing wasn't working, then I should, well, I could either continue to do that with no outcome of being unexplainably sick, or I could try something totally different. Mm -hmm. So what were your symptoms? Were you, did you have fatigue? Were you brain fog? Like what was your, what, what, what were your symptoms during that time? Yeah, it was very digestive related. Um, I was just losing weight for no reason. Um, and yeah, brain fog, fatigue. I had already been on the gluten-free, dairy-free, like had already done all the diet adjustments um, and just would get these terrible pains. Um, it was very liver related also. And um these terrible pains and just inability to digest food, which in Chinese medicine, the liver is our organ about integrating change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was never good at like, that's the place in our body where we um, stay present with ourselves and are able to integrate and work with change. So, um, Where I kind of started with the healing journey was what I felt like was in my control. I was feeling so out of control with all of these symptoms that seemingly had no 
like cause. Um, and so for me, it was stress and I ended up making a move back to Bozeman to be closer to my family. I changed my job, uh, for me, the gateway into really working with my own energy and connecting to this idea of, of being able to control, um, my own energy was through yoga and meditation and then acupuncture as well. Okay. And did you start doing those modalities, like practicing those modalities when you were in Denver or did you do that once you got back to Montana? I started while I was in Denver and the yoga and meditation, even though this is like the tip of the iceberg for the healing journey, feels like such a small baby step. Um, it worked and I started feeling just enough better and I felt validation and it really reconnected me to my own intuition and those like making a commitment to a daily yoga and meditation practice brought back that sense of control and sovereignty into my life mm-hmm. that made me feel enough better, like step back into the driver's seat of my own life enough that I thought, okay, I'm, I'm moving in the right direction with this. Like I have more power over my own health than I was giving myself credit for. Yeah. And did you notice once you started the yoga meditation practice that your digestive system was better? It was better. Um, it wasn't completely healed. I think there's a lot more going on there, but Mm -hmm. the everything that we have going on physically is exacerbated by our stress, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> was pivotal in getting the stress under control so that I could really check in with myself and realize that this super high stress job, living away from my family, being in a city, like yeah. the choices I had made for myself were really out of alignment with my own values mm-hmm. and I needed to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's super cool is that you notice that pretty early on. I mean, sometimes it takes years, years and years and years for people to realize they need to make a change. So that is very remarkable that you were able to kind of tune in to your intuition and, and have the courage to make a change. That's that big, you know, you just took on a new job, you moved to the city, you know, and I mean, that's a huge adjustment already, just even making that change, but then having like the intuition and listening to your own inner guide to then say, you know, this isn't working for me. I need to now, you know, follow my, my truth and, and maybe head back towards the things that really matter to me. So that's pretty remarkable that you were able to make that decision so early on. Absolutely. I, I hear that a lot because I think a lot of us have that realization and it only took me a couple of years <laughs> living really out of alignment. Um, and I was, you know, still in my mid twenties when I had that awareness. And ever since then for me, it's just been this practice of, you know, whenever things feel chaotic and wonky in life and these weird symptoms crop up seemingly out of nowhere, I think the key is the symptoms move around. Like one day it's like leg pain and then the next day it's brain fog and then it's digestive issues. You get so caught up in like, oh, you sort of whack-a-mole with the symptoms that we don't get down to 
what's the cause of this? What's actually at the root of all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Your body does talk to you. I mean, we just need to take the time to listen to it and, and, and just, you know, realize, okay, I've got this weird sensation happening. What is that all about? You know, like (laughs) investigate it and then, you know, definitely nurture yourself around that symptom. I think that's an important thing instead of being judgmental towards yourself with why do I have this now? I can't believe I have back pain. What is going on with the brain fog? Like not being so judgmental through the symptoms that guide us is just being more, you know, just aware and acknowledging. And then, huh, I wonder if that, why I'm feeling this way. I wonder if it's because I didn't eat good, or I wonder if it's because I didn't get good sleep last night. Like just trying to investigate a little bit and then not being hard on yourself about maybe what is happening, but, but paying attention because usually it's a sign that something is going on. Something needs to adjust or change, or, um, I mean, the body is a pretty amazing, um, capsule and it, it really does guide us if we, if we do take the time to listen. Yeah, I agree. So, so then you, you got back to Bozeman and you're continuing on your healing journey. Cause you're still not quite, you're still having the digestive things going on and yeah. okay. And are you then, then did you decide, you know what, I'm going to explore more types of energy healing. Um, you know, the acupuncture, the yoga, um, maybe I'm going to dive deeper. Is that kind of what, yes. what, okay. So, so okay. tell me a little bit more about that. I was absolutely hooked. Um, as soon as I got back to Bozeman, I remember I found this little studio apartment that I lived in for eight years, which is longer than I have lived anywhere in my entire life. And it just felt like this is where I was going to heal. And I remember moving some stuff in and it was right on the Bozeman Creek. I had this big yard and I remember sitting down on the top step of my um, porch, my deck, and I just cried out of complete gratitude of like having got myself back to this place. (laughs) Yeah. And it was really a shift. It was a, it was a big shift for me. So, um, once I was back in Bozeman and kind of had my feet wet, I found a yoga studio here. Um, shout out to your yoga. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then I really just picked up momentum again. I wasn't fully well, but I had enough space where I could practice curiosity about what was going on with me. And I just, for whatever reason, like snowballed into this quote, alternative healing world and began my own self-exploration into matters of the spirit and learning about my reality, what it means to be an energetic human being, you know, all of these things. I, I see this in clients all the time too, where we have this moment that we realize we are more and there is more to life than this three-dimensional reality. It's a little bit like you realize you're living in the matrix. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I found a shamanic healer who helped me see my spiritual gifts and how to work with them. 
And I learned I was highly empathic and sensitive to the energy of other people. Mm-hmm. And that was a key for me that unlocked whole new worlds um, because I didn't know what a boundary was, let alone how to set it. And that we also have energetic boundaries and need to set those too. <laughs> yeah. So I took a deep dive into unraveling some of the programming that was in my energy systems, in my subconscious. And I realized that my gifts had been sort of ruining my life. They were running unchecked and they really felt more like a curse, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but bringing to those, you know, I was able to start reclaiming those pieces of myself with knowledge. And it was a good mixture of like right-brained sort of seeking and finding answers, finding that I wasn't the only person on the planet that experienced life this way. And um, yeah, just learning and exploring more in that field of energy healing. Yeah. So you worked with, with this um, shaman who helped you um, kind of, you know, learn about your, I guess your inner strengths and, and, and you just, it, it, then it just kind of the healing just kind of started happening and happening for you. And that made you decide, you know what, I want to explore this more so I can help others. And, yeah. and, and then you decided to start researching training or did you go through your training with the, with the same shaman that helped you and guided you? Mm. Um, yeah, it really took on a life of its own, but I, I would say it definitely wasn't as neat or linear in the moment as my perspective is now looking back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I saw this really funny meme the other day that was poking fun at those of us in the Western world who go on a spiritual journey. And then we just automatically turn around and feel the need to share our personal enlightenment with everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) I know there is a lot of funny stuff out there. I mean, I just got back from, I just got back from a trip to Sedona, Arizona. So yes, yes, it's, it's definitely all over. And (laughs) I love it though. I eat it up. I think it's awesome. I think there's so much truth to it all. And I, I really am empowered by it all. And I just think it's just so cool. And it's so neat to hear your story and to learn about all these other alternative ways of healing, because So often in our Western world, we are just, here's a medication. And by the way, you know, it's going to give you all of these side effects. So then guess what? You're going to need another medication to take care of those side effects. And it's just like a domino effect. I mean, I laugh when those commercials come on that it's like, if you experience nausea, diarrhea, fainting, suicide (laughs) thoughts, anxiety, depression, contact your doctor and stop using. And I'm thinking, Oh my word, like all of those things, like, is it really worth it? You know? And I think that's why I'm so like excited about doing the podcast is just having a resource for people to think of alternative ways to, you know, obviously there is a need for Western medicine with the acute things and surgeries and things like that, that we need, but there's so much, there's so much else out there. And, and so I think it's really, really cool that you decided to kind of dive deeper and learn more about yourself through this process and how you can help others. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to echo what you're saying, and having lived in those other countries in the Eastern world, you know, the idea that spirit is in all of us, that it's in the world around us, you know, ideas about karma, past lives, the fact that we're all energetic beings, it's all super commonplace and integrated into their daily lives. And it's really the West is now waking up to this idea. So it feels novel and we call it quote new age. Um, and I can show you it's quite the opposite. (laughs) For me, I just had this sense, you know, that I wanted and needed even to be a part of the collective awakening that's happening in the West. So so cool. That's so cool. A lot of seeking, um, truly like wondering and looking for how I wanted to work with people. I finally did get that clarity to pursue energy healing and partially what I love about it is that it's so broad and there's so many ways to work with others. And that really appealed to my exploratory nature that I'm always just thirsting to learn more. Yeah. So where I started was Um, About a year later, I went back to study the body code, and both of those are methods that were developed by Dr. Bradley Nelson, and they're softwares that I use to guide my sessions, and what's really going on behind the scenes is that I'm using muscle testing to work with my clients' subconscious wisdom, and so both of those certifications were a combination of distance learning and then completing case studies in person. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about the human code and the body code. Yeah. So both the emotion code and the body code are software. Um, Again, they live on my computer and they allow me to basically remote into other people's energy, so to speak. And I ask their body yes or no questions that are guided by the software. So it works basically like a lie detector test. And I still use them. Um, You know, I think the strength is that sometimes both our subconscious and conscious selves heal best when we can name an energy that is trapped or contributing to our experience of dis-ease. So both my training in these methods and my experience over the past few years has taught me that often it's our unprocessed emotions that are at the root cause of what I like to call our hurts, habits, and hangups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're pretty prescriptive, methodical tools. Um, and I have training in other areas that are more intuitive and shamanic as well. But I always like working with the subconscious because it's it's so much of what's driving our lives when we feel like we're on autopilot and doing all of the quote, right conscious things to try to shift what's going on. And a lot of times it's not because there's trapped energy there that's keeping us stuck in those same patterns. Right. So give me example of some of the questions you ask as you're going through, like, I think I said human code, I meant emotion code, but emotion Emotion code and body code. Sorry. So when you're going through those, give me some examples of some of the questions that you would ask during that is our human code. I feel like we should patent that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so that's the part where it's 
a pretty intuitive each person's subconscious works differently <laughs> so um it's a little bit tapping into their like our subconscious has a personality to it yeah. <laughs> so like one example would be um you know at the beginning of every session we set an intention for what we're working on and it really doesn't matter. It's all connected. Right. And so some people come to me and what they're really tuned into in their body is physical pain for other people. It's more experiential, um, like either their mental, emotional realm, their spiritual realm, or like, um, things with their purpose feel out of whack things at work feel out of whack, out of alignment. So the line of questioning I use really um, varies per person and per session, but an example might be if we're working on um, like knee pain, for example, I feel like I always use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I usually ask for, you know, what is the underlying imbalance of X? And you just keep digging and digging for what is the underlying cause of this Im- imbalance? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's, we're like these onions and we build up layers over time. And we want to know with both of these methods, I love that they weave together a really clear picture of those layers of the onion and what is at the root of it is usually emotional. And so, you know, I, Again, it's about asking yes or no questions. So the software is divided into halves and then it just goes deeper and deeper. Like the body code has six different primary categories and then they just go deep from there. But it contains every muscle, every bone, every piece of tissue, every organ in the body. It has our entire energetic makeup. So our chakra system, our acupuncture system, um, the auric field, it's just incredibly broad and deep yeah, sounds <laughs> and really cool experiential mm-hmm. things in, in life. So our emotional realm, our mental realm. And so I'm usually just asking at the beginning, once we know what we're going after, like the root cause of knee pain, is it on the left or the right of the chart? And from there, the left or the right, the left or the right, the left or the right. It's this very meditative, methodical process until we get down to, okay, we found that there's something living in your femur and then you start over again. Let's find out what's living in your femur, left or the right, left or the right, left or the right. Okay. <laughs> so it falls into this really lovely, um, I don't know, it's very soothing on the other end of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you said, med- like very meditative and um, yeah, that sounds really neat. And did you go through like before you decided to get training in the emotion code and the body code, did you go through, did you experience this yourself? Like you had someone guide you through this process and, and it really helped you heal. And that's what made you decide to get training in these specific things. I did. Yeah. I, I think it was actually my mom who started working with an emotion code practitioner where she lives in Spokane first. And she knew that I was sort of headed down this path and started working on what's called your heart wall, um, which is in the emotion code. It's these layers of energetic, their trapped emotions that are building a wall around our hearts. And for some 
people, we've been trapping those energies from the time we were kids. And some people start later in life, like if something traumatic were to happen, but it's literally that our body and our hearts, our soul's way of protecting itself from, from getting hurt. And so there's this really beautiful process of releasing that heart wall layer by layer. And that's what my mom had just completed. And I, it really resonated with me. And that's actually, I reached out to her same practitioner. Um, and now actually Dana is a good friend and mentor. We're writing a course together. Cool. <laughs> so she's been a huge part of my life. Um, but I, I went after my heart wall first and it was February. So now I always think about February as, as being heart month yeah. in a larger sense than Valentine's day, but that was one of the most impactful things I had done for my healing that came at a time when I was doing all the right things. I was doing the yoga. I was doing the meditation. I had a lot of conscious practices to care for my wellness. My health was improving, but I reached this plateau and it was really like I was keeping myself on the outside of my own intuition and wisdom. And indeed the heart wall, now I understand as a practitioner, it's one of the biggest things that keeps us cut off from our relationship with ourselves and by extension, our relationship with other people. And our heart, energetically, if we think about our heart chakra and love, right? All the things that we culturally associate with that, it's all true. Like that is our heart wants to connect with other people and always talk about like energetically wanting to send a sweet heart song out to someone. Mm -hmm. And then it through all these layers of emotional baggage we've been building up through life, like fear and shame and worry and disgust. And then it comes out the other side, like a pterodactyl instead of a sweet, (laughs) loving butterfly. (laughs) Oh man. People who have like, chronic, um, relationship problems. Uh, it's, it's all about heart wall. So anyway, that was the place that I started with emotion code and it really, it shifted so much for me. Um, even though it would still be years before I (laughs) saw what was right in front of my face and choose to explore that myself. (laughs) Right. Right. But that was like, that was like your first experience. And what did you notice with your own, self after having, after going through that, you know, working on your own heart wall, what, what did you see that was starting to happen for you? Mm -hmm. I remember the moment that it was released because you, you usually take it down slowly, like over three sessions, it's a lot for the heart to become vulnerable too quickly. But I remember when that last layer was gone, I could literally physically feel the absence of it, which is a weird thing to say, but it was this experience of space around me and lightness that I had never felt. And my, the biggest shift was in feeling like I was fully connected to myself and able to access my own intuition and inner wisdom like I, I had glimpses of it before, um, you know, it's what got me to move back to Bozeman. It's what 
you know, that little call that I heard from my mom um, suggesting this, it was what caused me to follow up on that, but it was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it felt like trying to reach myself through um, confusion, that there was this wall there. And so there literally was, it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. And once it's broken down a bit, then it's like kind of a freeing, I can imagine it would feel very freeing and, um, and, and you have that more, you're more connected to your own soul. Um, and I, I do hear a lot of people say, like, I have friends that say to me sometimes, gosh, I just really don't feel like I'm myself. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where I lost it, but I don't feel like myself. And, um, and I could see how something like this would be very helpful for someone that is, you know, we all know, like you said, we all have that intuition and we all generally know like, okay, this is who I am, but there are life experiences that, that make us question that sometimes, or that, that we, we don't stay true to ourselves because of external validation or, or circumstance. And so I could see how, um, the emotion code and the heart wall could be very helpful for someone who really needs to come back to their own truth and, 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 and just kind of release some trap stuff because, you know, a lot of times with emotion, especially trauma or any sort of emotion from your childhood or anything that's been traumatic, you know, a lot of times we really try to push it down. We don't want to deal with it because yes. it's very painful and not yes. fun. And so we just push it yes. away and hope that it's just going to go away. And, and, you know, it doesn't just go away. It, it, it creeps up and it, and it does start then affecting us living our best fulfilling life. And so So I think that, you know, going through a session with you on, you know, the emotion code, the body code and, and discovering just coming back to who we are, I think is such a, such a cool thing because, you know, we're guided all the time through social media and through the internet and through all these things about this is how you should be. And this is how you should eat. And this is how you, this is what you shouldn't be doing. And, and this is how you should parent. And this is how you shouldn't parent. And we have all these messages coming, coming at us all the time. And I think it's, it's a challenge for us to navigate through those things. If we aren't, if we don't really know ourselves well. And so, um, okay. So energy healing in general, like it does (laughs) have that, like, you know, oh, people think it's woo woo or people think it's new agey or so talk to me a little bit about just like pure energy healing. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the emotion code, but tell me just how you can work with people on this, this real healing and, and guiding them on their own little journey. Yeah, totally. I about this because I feel like one of my missions is to make energy healing feel completely approachable and obvious and easy, um, because it is. (laughs) So, um, energy healing works 
quite simply with the energy systems of our body. It has the goal of creating harmony between our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual selves. And as we talked about, it has a lot of foundations in Eastern culture and practices where we recognize energy as the life force that flows through absolutely everything. So if we want to talk about it from a right-brained perspective, from a scientific standpoint, we start with the idea that everything is energy. Like literally at a subatomic level, we know, excuse me, that an atom is 99.999 repeating, whatever that is, percent pure energy and 0.1% physical matter just vibrating around. And everything in the known universe is this way. So energy healing understands that principle. And we know that if everything is energy, we can tune into it and intentionally shift the flow of energy in anything, including ourselves. And so it's a truly holistic way of looking at our health, our lives, you know, even what we're manifesting and attracting, mm-hmm. where find those places of imbalance or need for improvement or physical symptoms. Energy healing is trying to look at those underlying imbalances or the root cause of those issues. Um, and we talked about, you know, yoga. Um, and acupuncture, Qigong is a method of moving our bodies to shift our energy. A lot of people have heard of Reiki. Um, and really, we're working with those energy systems in the body. So there's a lot of different ways to do that with our chakras, our auric fields, um, whatever it is, energy healing, like I said, everything is connected. So it really doesn't matter as much what our entry point is because our physical selves, of course, are connected to our mental, emotional selves and our spirit too. I've just found that different bodies communicate differently with people. Like for me, I've never gone to an energy healer um, for pain, even though I've struggled with chronic pain in my life um, for really like years on end at different points. But for me, I've always been more in tune with the mental emotional state that occurs before the pain talks to me, but other people are different. So that's, that's energy healing in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. So like, let's say someone is dealing with, um, maybe they're in a really tough relationship or maybe they're dealing with anxiety or depression or, just confused about career change would, would something like energy healing be good for, for someone like that? I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm shifting away or changing a little bit the way that I, I work currently, but it's definitely my belief system and how I've worked in the past that I'm, I'm working with clients from any walk of life with any issue, you know, barring obviously these acute conditions. Um, And for me, it's about, again, I get to put on that exploratory anthropologist hat Mm -hmm. or even the idea that I was talking about, you know, learning in architecture school about creativity within constraints. It's like 
well, why? When, first of all, bringing some more conscious awareness to when is the anxiety coming up? Have you struggled with uh, feeling connected to yourself or others in relationship your whole life? Did this start recently? Um, Did it start at age 25? Well, what happened at age 25? And really trying to uncover, um, again, the root cause. Because so, again, as exactly you were saying, you put it so beautifully, there's so much noise in our exterior lives and so many layers of conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's truly... I think, I feel like this is going to be a bold statement, but I think I'm prepared to make it that most of those things are occurring because we're out of alignment with what our true deep inner self wants and in alignment with our own journey and our own intuition and our gifts and our path. Yes. Like those happening because there's misalignment. Yes. And energy healing is a great way to work with that. Therapy is a great way to work with that. There's so many great combinations. And I personally am a huge fan of both addressing conscious behavioral change and subconscious healing in all of those places where, you know, we have made conscious changes, but they don't seem to be working because intensive purposes, um, you know, we can't, effort our way out of everything. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. just be stubborn. <laughs> right. And you know, sometimes we just sometimes don't know why something's off. You know, totally. something something is just off. Who knows why? And and that's where I think you could really come in and help is okay, so I don't feel quite right. I don't have any physical symptoms, but mentally I just I feel kind of I'm not quite right. Can you help me get through this. And that's where maybe that emotional block is there or something, some traumatic thing is, is settled in our body and we just need help kind of releasing it so we can feel like we can come back to Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, cause I, when I was, you know, when I have thought about energy healing or just when I think about it, I actually didn't even really think about it on the physical side, like, Oh, I have acute knee pain, which I think is cool that you can kind of help with that side of it too. I just mostly just went to the mental spiritual side of like, mentally, I have this block, there's this thing there. And then that's where the energy (laughs) healing could come in. So I think it's really cool that, you know, you can guide someone and, and help them with so many different things. It really, like you said, energy everywhere. And, um, it's all connected. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a question for you because you had said earlier that, you know, you definitely have always been like, you can feel people's energy and Mm -hmm. that you've had to kind of learn how to set a boundary there with like, like, cause people's energy is definitely can be very strong. How, how did you work through that? Like, if you, let's say, come across someone who to you does not have great energy and they're kind of throwing you off balance, uh-huh. how, how have you worked through that? Because I've been kind of, I've struggled with that same thing. In fact, I just had a situation happen to me yesterday where this person I came in contact with had 
in my opinion, the worst energy of, of <laughs> someone I've ever been around in a really, really long time. And I know what that feels like too. It's not good. <laughs> no, it actually took me, I think until I went to bed to like recover and I'm not kidding. Like I was like, I had to do some meditation and I did my yoga and I drank some tea and I was like really trying, but it was like, whoa, like this is really, and even just me talking about it, like my heart is racing a little bit Totally, because yeah. I can, I can, I've always been like that since I was young. And so I'm curious. Cause I feel like a lot of people do have that where they sense someone's energy and it like throws you for a loop. And then I got to thinking today before we were doing the podcast, like, wait a second, does that mean that I'm out of balance? Like I'm digging deeper. I'm going, wait a second. If I'm if, if that energy, if I'm letting that affect me in my day, I feel like that's, yeah. that's where I need to work on myself because I, I am, I I'm taking it to, like, I wasn't taking it personally, but I definitely was like, Whoa, like I need to like exit the room ASAP. Yeah. So was this a person you knew? No, this was a total stranger. Okay. Okay. This was a total stranger and, um, who was actually, um, helping us at the passport, um, office and it was so bad. It was like, you know, and it was really funny because my husband actually called him out on it because it was that, it was that intense. And I was like, way to address the white elephant in the room. Um, (laughs) and my son was like, Oh my word. You know, it was like, it was just really, really intense, like really, really strong negative. And, and even as I'm like asking him questions, I'm also thinking, gosh, I wonder what his story is. I'm like going through my head going, I wonder, I'm I'm not taking it personally, but I'm trying to like, what do I do here? Because even though I'm being really kind, he's still throwing this at me. And it was really hard. Like we all just kind of like left there feeling like, oh my word, like it had, like the energy had been sucked out of the three of us, you know? And so, um, yeah, I'm just curious on that because I feel like there's a lot of people who, who come across that and it is really hard to just say, oh, well, screw you. I'm just gonna, you know, not take on your energy because it's, it's energy it's there and it, you can feel it almost just like when you enter a room, you can, you can tell like this feels weird or this feels, and and I always like to pay attention to it because to me, it's a sign. Um, and I didn't know, I was like, is this a sign that we need to like, not, we need to go somewhere else and get this taken (laughs) care of because, but I, I viewed it as, okay, it's a lesson in learning about how to deal with different types of people. Um, but Anyways, that was kind of a, like a really long question. No, I, I explanation. Yeah. As we're talking about energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know, maybe you can kind of guide us on what, what to do in situations like that, where, um, the energy is very strong and uncomfortable and like icky, icky and how we can work through things like that. Yeah. So I do think like to back up this idea of energy sensitivity is so important to identify um, because it is a real thing. And more and more people on the planet are becoming 
aware that they can read energy like this. It's also important to note, not everyone can, not everyone gets would have felt that. Um, And our feeling gifts, they have different levels and different, um, yeah, like different levels of sensitivity. So some people are hyper attuned, some people not at all, and some in between. And there's also some discernment between the feeling gifts of if I'm reading the energy or if I'm actually like taking emotional state, which are two complete things. Um, It's one thing to feel it. It's another to take it on. And so, right. Right. Exactly. Like probably your husband left and was like, that was gross, but like, I'm okay. And went about his day normally. And you're like, Oh my God, yoga, meditate. Ah. (laughs) I definitely, definitely took it on. Definitely took it on. But I was like, it was pretty funny though. Cause it's so my husband to like, call it out. Like it was just, yes, cause I was yeah. feeling it so hard and he felt it too, but he just called him out and he goes, I'm just going to call him out on it right in the beginning because yeah. this isn't going to, this, this, this isn't going to get, we're not going to get very far with this. And we have a lot of questions and it's kind of serious stuff. And we, we need to know the right answers. And if you've got the right, the wrong energy heading into this conversation, it's going to just throw the whole thing off. So I appreciated his like boldness with just calling it out. Like, yeah, um, it was yeah. actually pretty funny. And then I'm going, Oh, great. Well, if this passport ever arrives, we'll be, we'll be lucky. <laughs> we will be lucky, but, um, we all deal with it so differently. And yeah. I think this is why the discussions of energy are so important because it is real. Like in ages past, we probably would have just written that off as like, oh, they were having a bad day and they were like, you know, being a bleep to me. Yeah. Um, but there's an energetic reality to that exchange that's happening that is really important. And that's what keeps us, you know, like you were for the rest of the day, feeling stuck in it or like mm-hmm. it. And so. Um, I definitely teach these tools to my clients to work with both their own energetic boundaries and also we can do to clear that out of ourselves when it happens. Um, So one thing like for myself being a highly sensitive and feeler, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope I don't uh, call you out here. No, I, I totally Um, am. I totally, (laughs) I know I am. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's just like no doubt about it. Yep. Totally. That's me. A big piece for me in that was learning to tame my inner people pleaser. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I know, know you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's definitely yeah the people pleasing side. That's for sure. Because I was like, well, wait, what did I do to him? I mean, doesn't he like exactly. me? Exactly. I'm, I'm being really yeah, the nice. Way just, yes, the way you describe that of like your husband calls it out, and you're like, oh, how can I be nicer and like, mm-hmm. you know, charm this person and like get right. what we- this right yeah yeah because he definitely didn't he didn't get any nicer he really didn't even though I was being nice I think that I think that was making it worse actually Um, totally (laughs) but yeah and so but that's what creates a porous energetic boundary and it's this fine line between yeah we should be empathetic people but we need to know when 
um, to create that bound boundary, whether it's energetically or through discernment or through like calling it out like your husband did. Yeah. And so I actually have uh, an, a daily exercise that I assign to my clients who have these really porous energy fields and, and lack of boundaries with their own field. Mm-hmm. Um, daily, like three-step process to center your energy, which is the act of releasing what isn't yours and calling your energy back into your center of your body. And then like that yourself and then shielding yourself. Energetic thing is the answer to most of our sensitivity problems. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. Because, you know, here I left that office thinking, Oh my God, I just felt kind of crappy. And I'm sure this guy had no, no clue about like just the way he, the way he was and, and, you know, and then it's just kind of, and, you know, I don't know his story at all too. So then I started thinking about that too. And then I started feeling maybe a little sorry for him in a way. Um, and just that, I don't know his story. And I was very quick to get really like mad at him when I left. And then I thought, well, wait, Mm -hmm. that's not the right way to go Mm -hmm. about this situation either. And, you know, these kind of people are going to come in and out of our lives all the time, whether it is even a stranger or someone we know really well. And I think that's really cool that you can help people with those energetic boundaries, because that is definitely something that, um, I know I've struggled with my whole life where I can walk into a room and know how it feels right away. Like this room feels funky to me. I don't want to be here anymore. And I can have a friend with me and she's like, what do you mean? This is great. Let's, let's go in. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, time out. We need to exit immediately. Something bad's going to happen. Um, so I just really have felt like in a way, like it's, it's like you said, it's kind of a curse, but yet it's a gift. And I've tried to shift my perspective on it. And I think that's a good way to look at it. Like to go, it sounds like it's something that I need to work on. Like it's not (laughs) necessarily this dude, even though he really like definitely made an impact. I, I need to, I need to work through it. And, and I think that, you know, like I said, we're all going to come across people like this. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's so definitely work. It's that we're we're hyper attuned to our circumstances. Again, usually our subconscious and our bodies, like we're so uh, it's always fighting for our safety. And so mm-hmm. people who are super energy sensitive or highly empathic, we've lived our lives um and been able to keep ourselves safe by being hyper attuned to the room and to the energy of everyone around us. And we tend to turn into these chameleon people who are adaptable and change our own behavior according to the circumstances. And then it's a slippery slope into like self-compromise and people pleasing. And it starts to create these, again, really energetic boundaries where we don't have a firm delineation um, or the ability to discern what's ours and where our energy ends and where someone else's picks up and it's unconscious permission as cruel as that reality is it's truly this unconscious permission that we're energetically sending out to other people to be their support system and their dumping ground 
And we're like unconsciously giving other people permission to just be their full selves, <laughs> which is beautiful if they're in a beautiful, empowered state and really bad if they're in a terrible mood and flinging their stuff at us. So yes. it's a practice. And it's one that I learned as a total trial by fire um, when I became an energy healer, because I, when I was especially doing my practice sessions before I became certified, I was just unintentionally, like in no way did I want to do this, but I was taking on all of the emotions of my clients and they left feeling awesome. I left feeling like complete crap. Yeah. Probably drained, really tired and so drained, so tired, had very little capacity for this work. And what I find in general, and I think this both relates to healers, but also like you just walking around in everyday life in this scenario at the passport office, like when we want to help someone else more than they want to help themselves, that's when we take their stuff on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's hard because it wounds that inner people pleaser in us that learned how to find acceptance and love by making other people happy. And it's really this journey um, that we have to go on, but energetic boundaries are huge. Salt, salt is a great cleanser. So I actually don't have a bathtub in my house, but I use a salt soap with showers. Mm. Salt baths are even better. Um, Salt is a really beautiful energetic purifier. So you know, at the end of the day, sending all of your energy into the salt, letting it go down the drain with the intention that the earth is taking that from you and sending it back to be purified. Um, Cedar, if you have a practice of burning plant medicine for smoke clearing, then sage for purification. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Those are all really good, really good things. Um, it's a big, it's, it's huge in our world right now. And we're only going to continue to become more sensitive and more intertwined and more, um, collectively focused. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, 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 and so tell me like working with you on like a session with you, you do like a little consultation first, just to see if, if both parties think it's a right fit. And you kind of do during that consultation, do you just ask questions like, okay, what is going on? What, where do you think that, you know, I could help or what do you, what do you do in the consultation or what kind of questions you ask in the consultation to, to, to potentially get this started with someone? Yeah. Usually I'm just listening more than anything, honestly, in the consultation, it's really, um, the time for my my potential clients, whoever's, whoever I'm talking with to ask questions. Like some people are really starting out. They've never had energy healing before. So we talk about what it is that I do yeah. in a way. Um, and others are a little bit farther along and wanting to go deeper and really wanting to engage with their energy and their gifts and make big changes in their lives. And that's really where I'm most excited about working with people, you know, they've had that awakening, this, this uh, knowledge that 
our 3D reality isn't all that there is and they're ready to reclaim themselves and their gifts and make those changes on both a conscious and subconscious level. And so we talk about, you know, some of the conditioning and the default programming, so to speak, that they've taken on and kind of where they want to work, you know, whether it's from family of origin, school, work, you know, all of that noise that we've discussed. Right. And kind of the next level, I tend to work with people who are ready to get to the next level and they can sort of see and envision what that looks like for them. But there's something, one of those, like I call them hurts habits or hangups, there's energy keeping them stuck on that plateau. Right. The three H's. Hurts, yes. <laughs> hang up, hurts, hangups, and what was the third one? Habits. Habits. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The three, <laughs> the three H's. Um, that could be a that could be a really good book, actually. Like going through those three H's. Could be a really good book. Um, yeah. Okay. And then from there, okay, if if the person's like, okay, I think that this is a good fit, and you think it's a good fit, and then then from there. Are you currently scheduling your sessions over Zoom or are you working in person or how are you working with, with your clients now? So cool. So as with, I think a lot of us, the pandemic really threw me for a loop, but also opened up some opportunities. And this work um, was always designed, especially if we're talking emotion code, body code, it was always designed to be uh it works remotely. Um, so you don't have to be in the same place as your clients, but I had always kind of liked working with people in person. So I offered both from the very beginning. Um, but pandemic happened and I closed my physical practice and now I work entirely remotely and I'm absolutely in love with it. So yeah, I work with anyone anywhere in the world and it's usually over the phone. I don't do a lot of Zoom just for practical reasons of internet connection, but I also, um, it, it just how I work, who I am as a person, I get distracted uh, if I'm seeing them yeah. <laughs> and if they're doing what I'm doing. Um, for me, it's a lot more powerful to just be engaged via voice, again, because of my particular sensitivities. I yes. get too much information if I'm staring into their pupils. <laughs> and for them, that's what allows it to be far more meditative is we don't have these weird technological glitches between us that happen in Zoom. It's like we're in the middle of a moment, right? And they're like, oh, wait, um, can you hear me? Oh, um, mm, you're cutting out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So they're usually like people. Also, I love, this has been so amazing to have people in their own homes when I'm working on them rather than like the stress of having to drive to an appointment, get there on time and then drive back home. Even though like usually after a session, you're pretty tired. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh my God, they're in their jammies with their cat on their chest and a cup of tea. And it's just like the most healing thing ever. <laughs> yeah. They're comfortable. They're in their own house. They're comfortable. It's they're so good. <laughs> yeah. And they can just like go to bed if they need to right after they can just chill. Yeah. That that's yeah. really cool. And, and I so love the night sessions for that reason, Yeah, you just, like, have a dinner and a bath and, and go to bed and it's, oh. it's more helpful 
and easy to integrate. For yeah. People, oh right? yeah, definitely. And so, so you do, so when you do a session, you're doing it over the phone, which is yep. really cool. I think that's really neat. And then, so you, are you then, do you then start by going through the, like the emotion code, the body code, like asking these questions, you're going through that. And then like, you know, I'm imagining you like you're burning some sage. Maybe you have some crystals. <laughs> I don't know. Like this is yes. energy healing, right? Is that what you're doing on your, your end or what, what's so what's good? Going yes. On? Okay. That's cool. the other thing. That's the only other reason I don't have the video on is like, I'm doing so much stuff behind the scenes. I've got indeed, I've got the sage burning. I've got my feathers. There's like a crystal grid. Um, but no, I think, um, I didn't really mention this side of my practice so far, but um, in tangent with studying the emotion code, I was enrolled in this year ministerial training program through the Center for Sacred Studies in California. And after two years, I was ordained as a minister of walking prayer. And this course, it, again, it was distance learning. And then we gathered in person um, every year to celebrate that milestone. But, and then when we were ordained, of course, but um, it was taught by primarily indigenous female elders from around the world who are still actively carrying their culture and their lineage forward. And these very rooted shamanic ways of working. And so that's really the backbone of my practice where I learned, you know, care for the plant medicines that I use and how to work with stone beings and crystals and, you know, how to care for energetic container that I'm holding, how to care for myself and others. Mm -hmm. And that is so important for how I work. And I don't, I love both tools because the emotion code and the body code, like I said, I use it, especially when I have a new client and we're getting to know one another and we're really rooting around in their subconscious and surfacing information for them to take in consciously. It's really lovely to be able to name those energies. And then there's a certain point where my client reaches it. I reach it where we don't actually need to name everything one by one anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I use other tools that I've been given, um, including seeing bowls. I have a drum. I, I recently took a course on shamanic journeying and I'm learning how to integrate that into my practice via distance. So that's what I'm really cool. interested in. And I'm just following a person's subconscious, even if, if we're moving over to engage with like the singing bowls or the crystals or whatnot, I'm still working with your subconscious and I'm muscle testing and I'm asking those yes or no questions. Mm -hmm. Do you want the carnelian? You want the obsidian, like what resonates most with your body right now. Um, and I love that. I love that practice um, because I feel like it, it keeps me accountable to be perfectly honest. Like mm -hmm. I know I'm not doing whatever I want to do out of a place of ego or whatever. Like I'm truly just following the flow of the session and what my client's body needs. Right. That's so cool. So Give me an example of someone that has come to you with something um, and how you have helped them heal through energy healing. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> On the spot. Um, 
Well, I just want to think of an example that is, you know, powerful and indicative of really the potential of this work. Um, okay, so uh, one woman came to me and she had these digestive issues and she was incredibly sensitive person. And right away we narrowed in on, you know, the gut and mind connection. And she had convinced herself over these years of constantly feeling ill, she was down to five foods that she could comfortably eat. And that was it. And she'd been operating this way with five foods for years Mm -hmm. and then gone through the Western medicine route, um, done all the food sensitivities, done all the things. And it was pretty immediately clear to both of us that it was not in her mind in a dismissive way, but, but that like the key to unlocking this literally lived in her mind and in her subconscious. Um, and I'm trying to remember for her what exactly um, the one of the three H's was. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was a lot of unprocessed emotion at the end of the day. That's what it was. And it was this, it was a people pleaser. It was um, this place in our body. I, I actually just dealt with this, um, that this sort of, things come to me in themes and this is an active theme right now as well, where we're in this spot where our, our conscious selves are ready for change. Like this woman in no way consciously wanted to only be eating five foods. Um, but she did it anything different, her body rejected it. And it's this place where again, out of a place of safety, the body is trying to protect her, keep her small, keep her in this old pattern, which yeah, is totally crappy, but it feels safe because at least the known, the outcome is known. Whereas there was greater fear in her body to move into this unknown of what would happen, right? If I could eat all the foods that I wanted, all of a sudden, all of my life's energy is not going to how I'm sick all the time and what I'm eating. Like what could my life become? And that was terrifying to her yeah. subconscious. Yeah. Like lots of fear. You know, it is a fear. Mm-hmm. It is fear because again, the world can be such a scary place. And we get used to our own small ways and our own like limitations. And yes. so trying to let that go, that's what we really worked on. And eventually, yeah, she was, what we had found was that this emotional trauma and unprocessed emotions had really pushed her out of her body. So there's this cool thing in the emotion called, or sorry, body code called spirit out of body. And we have this energetic, like footprint blueprint of ourselves that our physical body fills out. It's actually not the other way around. Um, like so many people think that our spirit body, it's actually the other way around. And her spirit had essentially left her body. Like she was hanging on to her spirit. I think I had this happen to so many people, but I think for her, they were actually like holding hands and that was it. The rest of her spirit was just entirely out of her body. And why? 
it checked out because her body didn't feel like a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. So it's both mm-hmm. about, which happens, right? If we are actually a nervous system related thing, if we're on hypervigilance, hyper alert, and we're so sensitive that we're just getting berated with energy all of the time, we have to check out in order to keep ourselves safe and functioning at some level. Mm-hmm. And this had gone long enough that she was functioning to a very like small level. So it was like releasing all that trauma baggage, getting her back in her body, reconnecting her spirit to her body and starting to reintroduce food and then starting to vision a new way forward, which is what I love helping people with. Like, what is your dream? What do you want for your life? How do you look like in your future well self, in your future well life without this crappy thing that's happening to you right now? And people release the resistance that their subconscious is coming up with around, like, why haven't we done that yet? Mm, That's so cool. And, and how do you think she found you? Did she, you know, was she just tired of like all the other Western things and she heard about you from a friend or how did she make her way to you? I wish that wasn't the case, but that is how most of my clients find me is that they've tried everything. And now they're fed up. I'm desperate. And they're randomly Google searching. (laughs) Um, Right, right. We got to change that, right? We got to change that. I think that's part of why we're, you know, doing what we're doing here is just getting the word out about what you can do. And I think it's just this mindset of, I'm not well, I'm going to the doctor. I'm not well, I'm going to the doctor. And And there is so many layers to it and so much depth. And it's just another, you know, I, I mean, I, that's what I think is so cool about energy healing. It's just something that I don't think a lot of people think about, or like we said earlier, or that I said earlier, a lot of people think it's this like woo woo thing, new agey. I'm not going down that path. Cause I don't, I'm not really a believer. They just give them a lot of people just say, well, that's not for me because of this and this, you know, instead of just being open-minded to it, because to me, wouldn't you like rather feel great and experience, you know, all that your body can do in this lifetime than, and be a little bit open to it. And unfortunately, what I think is is so crazy is that a lot of times it takes like a major illness or major life-changing event to make people decide to look mm. deeper into, so um, into this. And that's just usually how it, how it goes is it's something, it is. something, cause yeah. that's when we need the help is when something, yeah. something happens to us or something happens to someone we love. And that makes us think about life a little differently. Yes. Um, and so, okay, that's really cool. Um, and, and so this woman, she's doing better today. She's able to introduce more foods into her diet. She's feeling like the emotional blockage is, is gone. Does she feel more connected to herself? Yes. It was an immediate shift once we brought her back into her body, as you can imagine. Um, and it wasn't a total, you know, overnight success. We continued working together on you know, the layers of emotions and how eating and the certain foods were wrapped up in this idea of safety. But yeah, when we um, ended our time together, she was eating almost all of the foods and was really excited about like 
what comes next? <laughs> yeah. Now that this is kind of, I I'm sure that the, the possibilities for her are probably endless because totally. this is out of the way and this yes. has been cleared and it's amazing. All yeah. these little doors that are probably opening for her. And that's yeah. just so cool. And we just sometimes just need to get out of our own way in yes. order to see light. But a lot of times we don't know how, and that's yes. where I think you could come in and really help, help others. And that's so and true. Um, yeah. because it's I just think that awareness, it's the first step, right? But it's not, it's not the only step. It's maybe, I always say it's half the battle that first having that awareness. Yeah. But then hugely lacking in our culture is like, well, what do I do with it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's overwhelming. It's like, you're aware, it is. you're aware of, okay, I have this issue. This probably isn't, isn't working for me to only eat these same five foods, but I don't know how to get out of it. I, I need, I need some help. I need some tools. I need someone that can guide me there. There's just, I think being aware though, is the first step. And, and I, it does take, you know, it does take some digging sometimes to, to become aware. Um, but it is, it's almost like an eye opening thing. Like the awareness is like just there. And then it's, and then sitting with it and saying, okay, what am I going to do with this? Like, yeah. is it just going to go away? Do I need some help? Do I need some energy healing? Do I need, you know, someone to the mental health therapist to help me? Do I need acupuncture? There's just so many different things, but I think just being aware that, you know what, I maybe need some help and, and being okay with knowing that, like, I think that's such an amazing thing to look at and go, gosh, I, I need help. And just being aware that you do need help. It's okay. And it's hard because a lot of people see that as like, it's not a good thing. If you are, if you need help or something like it's for sure. I don't know yeah. what that is. That's just, that's an external thing, but, um, it's I so human of us, Yeah, <laughs> even though indeed we're all human and we all need help, but yep. Yep. yeah. And certainly in matters of the spirit too, if we're talking about spiritual awakening or awareness, that true is such a tricky road. You know, there's, there's tons of books out there, but I know when I awakened, it was, uh, like I lacked the knowledge and discernment to be able to know if, you know, it was a reputable, trustworthy source or if the information was phony, you know, and an internet search these days should really never be done on, um, you know, matters of the spirit. It just unearths so much misinformation and confusion and so that was what really inspired me. Like, I want to be that reputable teacher and guide that I had along the way. Um, because it's usually, you know, many answers. It's, it's usually energy healing and acupuncture and therapy and, you know, nutrition counseling or whatever. Um, right. But the subconscious is our perfect record keeper. It knows everything that's happened to us. and how our body has categorized everything that happened and what it's making it mean. So if we can work with the subconscious, we can start to learn why things are the way they are. And then we can begin to make decisions about how to unravel it. Right. That's, that's so cool. And 
it's just, it's been so much fun chatting with you about all of this. I mean, I, I just have really enjoyed it. I think it's, I think you can really help others, um, come back to themselves and discover their own inner wisdom through, through working with you. And, um, I think I am probably going to schedule with you ASAP. Awesome. (laughs) It sounds like it's right up my alley. I'm like, this sounds really cool. I think that, um, going through like all those questions. And I think with the motion code, the body code, that sounds really neat. And then my heart wall, like that all is really special and, and totally makes sense. And it's just, it's really cool. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's awesome that you can do this over the phone and you can reach our community here in Bozeman and well beyond with, with your services and it's really, really neat. And I just really appreciate everything. I'm, I'm thinking we kind of covered it all, but is there anything else you want to add that I didn't get to, or didn't ask you? Um, yeah, just on this topic of indeed working with me, I just wanted to briefly mention, you know, right now, um, it is February 25, (laughs) you're listening to this podcast. I am making some changes right now in the way that I'm working with people. And so depending on when you're hearing this, I hopefully will have on my website either openings or a wait list for um, a new course that I'm writing. And it actually covers pretty much everything that we talked about today. Okay. (laughs) In week one-on-one program called the Embodied Soul. And we really take a deep dive into exploring your energetic nature, your gifts, your systems, how to tap into your intuition and your boundaries. And then we do all the work to release those energetic layers of baggage and conditioning, keeping you from fully embodying your true energy and gifts. Mm-hmm. And then we do these energy healing sessions working through the chakra system We work with your ancestors clearing generational trauma, which is a huge aspect of what makes us who we are, and then really reconnecting to that higher self where we're able to access the truth of who we are um, without all those limiting beliefs and stories. So I'm moving towards these deep uh, multi-week containers rather than sort of drop-in one-off sessions. And I'm really just answering this call that I feel to work deeper with people. Um, so really exciting things coming for Water's Edge. I have some small group courses coming as well, working through the chakra system with Dana Ingdahl of Heal with Dana, who I mentioned, my, um, the woman who got me into this and my mentor and now friend. Um, cool. So I'm just excited about teaching and offering you know, one day, everything from self-study courses to like focused retreats in beachy locations. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) that's so cool. So this, um, this new way of working with you that you're, that you're working on right now, that will be kind of like a multi-session. Like you'll say, okay, here's this, you can kind of get this package or whatever, where you work with me once a week for four weeks or something like that. Will it be more, more like that? 
Okay. Yes. It's Which once I a think week for cool. seven weeks. Oh, for yeah. seven weeks. Okay. Yeah. Seven that's weeks. really cool and because so I it's think- really focused um, change, right? Yeah. Rather than a lot of times I'll, I'll work with a lot of clients seven times, but it'll be sprinkled over many months or even a year. And it's my firm and personal belief that uh, that's just not achieving change for any of us quickly enough. Like we're in a time in the world of rapid transformation and it's time to meet that energy with the way that I'm working. So diving deep, getting the change and moving on with life. (laughs) Yes. I think that sounds really cool. Cause I think, you know, it does, I would think that it would take you know, multiple sessions to just kind of really understand what is going on. It's not just like a 30 minute one-time call and you're, it's a (laughs) lot of, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of, you know, healing that, you know, the client has to do on their own side and, you know, work through some stuff. And then, you know, you just keep getting deeper and deeper with people until you can really get to that root cause of what is blocking them from, living their most vibrant life. And I think, um, that's, that sounds like a really cool way. And so to learn more about you, um, you know, the listeners can go to your website, right. Or follow you on Instagram. All of the things. Um, I guess not all of the things, cause I don't have the bandwidth for all the things right now, but yeah, (laughs) place to start. It's, um, waters edge by Aaron.com. Okay. And you can just in your friendly Google machine, look for water's edge healing mm-hmm. men and I'll come up and Instagram handle is the same. It's water's edge healing. There's an underscore in between each of the words, but you can just search for me there. Okay. Yeah. And, and we'll have the link on our, um, well. okay. Yep. And we'll have a link on our website too, um, where people can link directly to you um, and find you from, from our, our site. So they can definitely get in touch with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, that sounds really cool, Aaron. Well, I, I really enjoyed our time together and this has been a lot of fun getting to know you and, and what you can offer and all about energy healing. And, and I just really appreciate your time and thank you so much for being a guest and, and going for it with me here today. And it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been an absolute privilege and so fun. And yeah, thank you for hosting the space for having ritual and being a resource for people to find these quote alternative woo-woo methods. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I'm all for it, man. Let's let's <laughs> let's keep it keep it coming. And um, it's great. No, it was just so much fun and and I look forward to connecting with you soon and I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Ritual by Sageborn. For daily inspiration, check out our Ritual Dice at sageborn.com and follow us at Sageborn Skincare. Thanks again. Until next time.